Do you live in the middle of nowhere and feel separated from the church? Yeah, that's me. Or do you think the church is out of touch? Absolutely. Then this podcast is for you. Coming to you from the Diocese of Sioux City. What? Where the hell is Sioux City? Welcome to Outcast Catholic with your hosts, Father Shane Demon and Father Travis Crotty. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outcast Catholic. I am Father Shane Demon. I'm Father Travis Crotty. And we are coming to you from the campus of Conception Abbey in Conception, Missouri. Conception Seminary College, my alma mater. Your old stopping grounds. Here we are. It's been a little while. I'm feeling very nostalgic right now. I'm happy to be here as you get to come back for the first time as a priest. It's exciting, yeah. I think the last time I came back, Father Father Thomas Maddock and I came back maybe in, well, it's my spirituality year, but then I think I came back for the soccer tournament one time. When I was a yeah. So it's probably been like four or five years. Well, it's good to be back. Yeah, it's nice. We have the Encounter Weekend here. I think there's like 45, 48 young men on campus. Encounter with God's Call, the discernment retreat Mm -hmm. uh, that happens in the fall and in the spring. It was fun. I was kind of in charge of helping organize that when I was here. So to see it be on the chaperone side is kind of fun. Sure. Do you have your clipboard? Are you going to be critiquing all the men? We'll see. Yeah. I kind of forgot how the details go. I've, you know. Like riding living a bike. Some, living some life. Riding a bike. The hospitality is going to come right back Right back. To Here I am. Yeah. Oh, it's good to be back on campus. Um, he, the real question, though, is, I mean, we got episodes coming out from you. And you're at Benedictine and Atchison, Kansas. And the, are you ever actually in Sioux City? That's the real question. <laughs> the past. You honestly, just came from St. Louis with the guys at Kenrick. I was in St. Louis for Kenrick uh, fall semester evals this week. And then I went to Carroll Kemper High School in our diocese to speak on vocations. And then we turned around and came to here in Conception, mm, Missouri. No rest for the wicked. Or you just rest when you're dead. I think that's the idea. Well, no, yeah, there's truth to both of that. No rest <laughs> for the wicked and we'll rest when we're dead. Um, no, this particular, like this five-week window right here around midterms. It's the gauntlet for you. It is. I mean, because you've got seminarian um, fall semester evals around midterms. Plus all the come and see weekends for prospective candidates happen about this time. Mm-hmm kind of late fall as candidates are thinking about their options for next year. Mm. Uh, you know, you're planting a lot of seeds through these discernment opportunities. So this has been the real gauntlet. Um, and after this weekend, my seminary visits end for the semester. Then you kind of chill out for a little bit. Well, it's just good to be grounded in the high school, but yeah. also be back in Sioux City helping with a lot of confessions throughout Advent season. Oh, that's right. Those so, come up. Yeah, this is the end kind of of the big kind of come and see, you know, push, if you will. Yes. That's great. But this has been a lot of traveling. It has. Um, we, it's kind of fun. We've never been here on this campus together before because we you became my vocation director after I'd already graduated. Right. But I was here from 2011 until 2015. So mm-hmm. I spent all four years of my undergrad yeah. in these hallowed halls. So it's, yeah. it's nice to be here. It'll be good to say, yeah, you can celebrate Mass for the first time back in the Abbey Church with all the benediction With the monks. monks. Yeah, it's wonderful. So yeah, so for those who don't know, we're in Northwest Missouri middle of nowhere, the rolling hills of Nottoway County here, Uh, the Benedictine monks of Conception Abbey run this seminary. Um, So it's wonderful to pray with them in their beautiful uh, basilica. So if you're ever in Northwest Missouri, it's it's not far from Kansas City or St. Joseph, Missouri. So make a stop to uh, the monks of Conception. We're real close to Maryville with uh, the home campus of Northwest Missouri State University. Yeah, it's good to be here, Father. Welcome back. Welcome to your alma mater. Appreciate that. You know, as we're working with these young men this weekend who are discerning their own vocations, I wanted to kind of take a look at some discernment questions. And for our, for our listeners who are just like, well, I don't care about that. I'm, I'm settled in my vocation. I know I'm mm-hmm. doing what God wants me to do. 
I think there's a lot of discernment principles that still go on throughout life. You know, do I accept this job promotion? Um, do I transfer to a new city? Uh, do I, you know, go attempt grad school? Well, heck, or if you're just raising kids, it's like, how am I going to teach my children, whether they're in high school or whether they're younger or with your grandkids, how am I going to teach them how to discern God's call? Absolutely. You know, and sometimes maybe we don't even think about that because we just kind of get stuck in a, the routine of, well, um, everybody basically gets married. That's what we see. Um, maybe we're not even open to the idea that there could be another call from God. Right. Uh, we, we are really focused on what our plans are mm-hmm. and figuring out what we want to do with our life. Right. Yeah. So I think there's some general basic principles when we kind of try and discern what is God's will for my life or what is God's will in this particular decision that I'm trying to get my arms around. Again, job promotions, moving the family, uh, figuring out your, your vocation, entering religious life, entering seminary, choosing this person to marry, you know, whatever. could be a number of different things. And, and I want to kind of walk through some principles that hopefully our listeners could apply to a number of different areas of their lives. We're obviously here in the context of this discernment weekend for guys thinking of priesthood. But again, I think some of these ideas and principles can be applied quite broadly. Um, Father Tim Gallagher, famous author, written a number of different books, particularly on discernment, discerning uh, spirits, discerning the will of God. Um, He's got a number of principles, and I'm not going to walk through all of his books, but we might lean on a couple of ideas. And one of the things that I like in his writings is he often speaks about a communion of wills. Mm. A communion of wills. In other words, is my will uniting to the will of God? And do I really want to accept what the will of God might be in this particular decision or this particular trajectory of my life? Um, Do you really want what God wants in this particular moment? Or are you much more interested in figuring out what you want, and then you just want to somehow bend the will of God to agree what you want in Mm -hmm. this moment? And and I think that requires kind of some soul-searching, right? To be able to go to prayer and say, am I truly open to what God wants? Is there a sense of healthy detachment from what my will would be right now? Even though there might have, you might have preferences, you might have desires, you might have dreams, but can one sit back and say, I still want what God wants in this moment? Does that make sense? Yeah, and that's really helpful because I'm here where I was in college and so many of my friends, so many people, especially as 18, 19-year-olds, are asking this question, well, what does God want for my life? What is my plan? What is my plan? And everybody always preface um, comments with, well, God willing. You know, God willing, I'm a priest someday in Sioux City. Um, I'll do this. God willing this, God willing this. And I remember one time a monk said, everybody says God willing. You have to will something eventually too. So I love that idea of the communion of wills mm-hmm. because discernment's not some magical, um, like these magic doors where you try to figure out like, you know, which is the right door to choose that has like the perfect path for me. And if I choose the wrong door, then I'm heading down the wrong path. And you're because, eternally doomed. Right, because it's totally focused on God's will. Well, what's God's like kind of magical will for me that's out there. Well, we only find God's will if we actually will something ourselves and choose and follow the movements of our heart. And that's what Timothy Father Gallagher would talk about with understanding prayer too, is that it's just, it's in choosing that we understand how our will is being conformed to God's will. Right. Absolutely. That can be really, really helpful. And I think take a lot of pressure off people too. Mm Mm-hmm. We live in such a scientific age in which we've Mm. really grown accustomed to uh, exact measurements, right? Like, I I just marvel at your phone. If you look at your weather app now on your phone, uh, it'll tell you, like, rain is ending in 19 minutes. Wow. Right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, the forecast says rain will end in 19 minutes. Or, 
you know, you get an update in the airport, like your flight is boarding in 42 minutes Hmm. or someone's going through cancer treatments, you know, you need chemo for these six weeks and then you need this for nine weeks and then you need to come check in on us every 90 days after that. We, we, We kind of live in these very precise measurements in which scientism is just kind of ruling the day in kind of this uh, technology dictatorship, uh, which you know provides a lot of precision in our lives. Mm-hmm. And to the speed, you talked about a few of those episodes go, well, more than a few with the 5G speed stuff. Right. It's like we, we demand a particular um, super specific type of knowledge very quickly. Right. Like I want precise knowledge instantly. Right. Yeah. And, and I don't think that's how God works. You know, first of all, that takes away the act of faith to actually make a decision to will something and to move off the fence and to trust the whole time you're moving that God is still with you and that you're still moving towards him in holiness. Um, I, I meet with young people as a vocation director all the time who are just like, yeah, I just wish God would show me a sign. Or, you know, I'm trying to discern if I'm going to move my family to Chicago or Kansas City. Do I take this job promotion in Minneapolis? Where's my sign? Where's my sign? Well, you know, you know, it's very, very rare, you know, like to have the St. Paul moment where Jesus just appears to you on the road to Damascus and demands something of you with, you know, great clarity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think the Lord works much more subtly in that, and it still elicits an act of faith throughout that entire process. Well, think about sometimes we don't think of vocation as relationship, mm-hmm. relationship with God. And so if it's a real relationship with God, we can learn more about it through relationships with other people. Mm-hmm. People who got married didn't think like, wake up one day, they're like, I will marry the woman with a red shirt. Like, right. so they look for the sign like that. And that's kind of how they treat it. And then you just kind of wait for a woman with a red shirt to come along. And then that's okay. That's a sign. I'm supposed to marry that woman with the red shirt. Right. Well, that's not how human relationships work. Right. And if God reveals himself according to the mode of the receiver, that's not how he's going to reveal himself to us. It's going to happen in the context of a relationship, which is always subtle and which always takes time to develop and which always is mutual too. Mm-hmm. It's not just this kind of like passive experience of um, if I sit down in front of the monstrance long enough in an adoration chapel, God will just magically like poof kind of like his, his plan for me into my head right. or will give me some kind of like, you know, um, flash of lightning as I'm driving that will just like send me, you know, in, in some people's stories, like there are, particularly strong moments that kind of redirect them back on the right course. Right. But following God faithfully as a disciple, just like all the apostles, that happens through like lifelong commitment. Right. And through an through a experience of, of time and trial and error and coming to know who you are and who you are in God's eyes in relationship. Absolutely. And with that relationship, I think we can see that the heart has its initial attractions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our former bishop in our diocese in Sioux City, Iowa, now Cardinal Donardo, the Archbishop of Galveston, Houston, in Texas, he used to say, and still does, that he knew, I think, by the age of six, he was going to be a priest. Hmm. There are certain things that just seem crystal clear for people at a very young age, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to vocational discernment. That might not be quite so clear when it comes to, like, job promotions or accepting new job offers or buying a new house or expanding your family. Those things might not be so clear, but initially there there are some people just blessed with tremendous clarity at a at a young age, and I think that clarity draws them into the relationship, right? Yeah. That would have fed Cardinal Donardo at a very young age to entrust himself to God more. 
it wasn't just like, well, he waved his magic wand and got his answer out of a out of a fortune cookie. So then he just picked his nose for the next like, yeah. you know, 20 years and then eventually right. showed up in seminary, right? Yeah, exactly. It would have drawn him into the relationship. Um, but for things that aren't that clear, I think we can take a look at what are the initial attractions of the heart? Mm-hmm. You know, God is not going to play games with you and ask you to go do something in your life that you're going to be absolutely miserable with. Yeah. You know, there's there's a reason why nurses enjoy serving people, and they don't want to sit at a desk all day, and they're kind of fascinated with biology or anatomy and physiology and science, right? There's a reason why airline pilots just love aviation, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you know, God places attractions in our hearts just by our very nature, uh, and our, our own desires can kind of foster some of those attractions. So what are those attractions? What are those initial desires? Um, Tell us. Well, yeah, you know, to, to draw that out of a person, mm-hmm. to say, are there, are there arrows pointing in a certain direction just by your own attractions? And then when you pray about that, where do the consolations and the desolations come about, mm-hmm. right? Consolations and desolations, very classic terms in terms of uh, spiritual theology and understanding the interior prayer life. Um, you know, for example, if someone was like, well, my mom's a nurse. My older sisters became nurses. I've always been attracted to nursing. Should I try nursing school? Well, chances are there's a, there's a pretty good attraction yeah. there. There's some initial arrows. But if you were to go pray about that and you come out of prayer, is there a sense of peace and consolation that comes with that idea? Or is there a sense of restlessness, maybe uh, feeling a little unease in your own heart mm-hmm. to say, mm, maybe I should be looking at something else. This doesn't quite feel right. I feel like I'm kind of jamming a a round peg into a square hole. This doesn't seem to be kind of jiving. Where, where do the consolations and the desolations come? People, um, people have to kind of sit down and, and repeatedly go to prayer and let that kind of germinate and see what are the internal affectations and the, the internal spirits moving in me. Yeah, and to actually pay attention to both of those honestly, because I think we can all do this, and especially in kind of religious or m- more pious um, desire to know God's will, it, it's kind of this idea of like, well, I just have to take up my cross and it's going to suck. Mm-hmm. So I just need to like sacrifice and it's just going to suck. And it's like, yeah, life life is sacrificial and love is always sacrificial. But the, the, the whole point is that it just sucks all the time. Um, the, the sacrifice of Jesus's um, death on the cross, um, it, it was a, a pouring out of his life so that he could experience resurrection. And... Um, through through that experience, he, he, he was given life, right? So it's got to be life-giving um, rather than like just draining. Sure. So that's where you're paying attention. It, it, is, is what I'm doing or is, is how I'm living draining me or is it giving me life? Because right. there's a difference of um, Father Mason, my former rector, uh, Kenrick, said this in a vocations video. Um, there's a difference between the exhaustion that comes from just like living in desolation or a beautiful exhaustion that comes from like he, he talked about running broom tree retreat center and hours and hours and hours of confession. There's an exhaustion that's there or, or a mother of many children. There's an exhaustion, but there's a different type of exhaustion that brings life. Right. Yeah. You know, if your attractions are kind of leading you like a magnet, you know, towards its, it's kind of culminating union and there's joy in the midst of that, you, you willingly pick up the crosses that come along with that. And you realize that there's still going to be sufferings in this life but there's a joy that seems to override that. Exactly. And there's it's deeper and it's higher in some ways. Yeah, yeah exactly. O- almost like a magnet finding its ultimate union, mm-hmm. not really worried about the challenges that are going to come along. 
you know, the, the married couple who says on their wedding day, I just can't imagine my life without you. Yeah, they know there's going to be some crosses. They know it's not going to be a bowl full of cherries every day. And they don't care because they know that there's a union of relationship that is eliciting a greater sense of joy. Right. And so, you know, can one find that and, and kind of be guided by that in the decisions that they're making vocationally, uh, career-wise, just some of the major decisions of life? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in that, where does one find greater clarity? Mm-hmm. You know, like if, if you're trying to kind of make a decision or go in a, in a particular direction and it consistently gets more and more unclear, unclear about what is God's will, unclear about your desires, unclear about what your identity is before God, if that consistently kind of seems to be going down a darker path and the doors don't seem to be opening for you, I think you can easily start to discern, I think I, I, discern, I, think I need to go back in another direction. I, don't, I think I'm kind of forcing something here that doesn't seem to be led by the hand of God. Yeah. And this, this is something really important, I think, that's coming up in my mind is this experience of conforming um, our wills to God's will in this communion of wills, that never happens in isolation. I think people often, especially today, think that just happens in your head, sitting in your room, or in your head in the chapel. So like a priest or a nun never make it to ordination and profession, just sort of in their head on, the, on their own. There's like ecclesial discernment that's present there. Mm-hmm. But the Christian life is always meant to be lived in communion with others. So discernment in some ways is also meant to be lived in communion. So I guess what I'm thinking of is maybe the young adults or somebody who feels really stuck, and they're just kind of like, doing their own thing. They're just living their life, doing their, you know, doing their job. Um, okay. Part of our will might need to be changed though. Like we might need to actually reach out and live the Christian life with others in friendship and pr- to pray with others, to, mm-hmm. to be in communion at mass instead of sort of just like sitting alone in our rooms, wondering and worrying and like about what we should do. Right. Um, Absolutely. If you're going to be in relationship with God and you're going to make decisions that are going to bear fruit in your own spiritual life, letting those relationships have a ripple effect towards those around you such that you're building up community as you're moving forward in life, uh, allowing the community to shape you and allowing you to give back to towards others in authentic Christian community. It's highly important. Right. Yeah, like a couple that's going to discern this question about where to move for a job. You're not just going to kind of sit by, there's going to be a conversation about that. You might even talk to your family about that, your friends. You might talk to people in this new city. You might talk to people who've gone through the same process as you. That, that type of thing can happen in our relationship with God where the more we talk to people who are also walking the Christian life in the same journey, um, who, who are doing the same thing and discerning the same movements of their heart, it brings us deeper into relationship with God. Mm-hmm. That relationship then brings us deeper into communion with others. Absolutely. So we've kind of mentioned here, you know, kind of the initial clarity that might be present when one wants to make a decision. We've talked a little bit about understanding consolations and desolations. Those would be kind of the first and second modes that St. Ignatius of Loyola would traditionally talk about. He would also mention kind of uh, making a list of advantages and disadvantages, kind of the classics pros and cons list. Mm -hmm. I'm a little hesitant, and, and Ignatius doesn't recommend that right away, you know, because I think depending on your mood, in your uh, affective nature, I think a, a list of pros and cons can be swayed. You know, mm-hmm. if you're just in a miserable mood, it's easy to kind of list all the cons about a particular decision. But if you really are kind of stuck and you and you you're really trying to find the Lord's will, making a list of advantages and disadvantages, especially in your light of your relationship with God, where is this going to bear fruit in your holiness and virtue? 
um, that can be very helpful as a step, not necessarily step one in the discernment process, mm-hmm. but down the line, if you're, if you're really trying to kind of just narrow things down, but not make kind of the, the initial glance or the, the initial move, mm-hmm. that can be very helpful. And Ignatius also recommends a couple other things. If you had to uh, picture yourself at the very end of your life, mm. at the very end of your life, as, you're, as the light is going down, it's sunset on your life, and you would look back on this decision, how would you have viewed that decision in light of your, your imminent death? Mm. And then he also applies that to your judgment. After death, when you stand before God in your personal judgment and uh, eternal damnation or eternal life is before you, how will this decision impact that moment? Mm. Or how would you want to look back upon the decision from the perspective of your eternal judgment? And how might that play a, a key role? That might tell you a lot. Maybe not necessarily in all the small little details of life, like right. am I going to have lasagna for lunch? Yeah. But, but it's the bigger... Always a bad th- idea. Too heavy. <laughs> Take a nap afterwards. It's, but the, the bigger things, yeah. you know, the bigger life trajectories, vocational questions, career moves... How will this impact my final judgment? Is this going to foster a, a deeper relationship with God? And will I be able to see that I was truly following the hand of God in the arrows and the breadcrumbs that he was leading in the path that was guiding me towards him and towards the fruit that he wanted me to bear in this lifetime? Right, absolutely. Yeah, and the first step that might be able to take today, tomorrow, for whatever you're struggling with to discern, either like big time, capital V vocation for the rest of your life, or small steps of the, the step to move away from just what do I want and what does God want for me and how does he want to conform my will and desire to his? It's a big first, first step. first question to ask today. It's a first step. We live in a culture, you and I were discussing this on the drive down here, we live in a culture in which people don't actually own what they want, mm-hmm. right? Do you actually know what you want? Mm. Have you really discerned your own heart and what your desires are? I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Someone tell me what to do with my life. I have no actually initiative to do anything, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's not healthy. And and God doesn't just want you to sit in a spirit of indifference. Mm-hmm. So what is it that you want? What is it that you think God wants? And where are you going to find a communion of wills in that to help you grow and to help build up others in relationship? So these are just, just some initial thoughts. Hopefully they help some of our listeners. If they have questions, they can always email us for some follow-up points uh, we can't necessarily do you know spiritual direction for in every episode for every listener, but hopefully these are, these are just some uh, initial points of discernment of some of the bigger questions, and hopefully we can dive into those more deeply in future episodes. Yeah, and hey, listeners, let us know what you would like to hear about. Right, what would apply to your life? We're always open to different uh, topic ideas. Sure, so let us know. Absolutely. Well, coming to you from the Abbey and the Seminary at Conception here in Missouri. It's good to be with you, Father Travis. Welcome back to your alma mater. Thank you, and God bless everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time, and God bless.